Hey, so today I'm going to be delving into some druidic stuff, which is a bit of a strange topic. Druids are pretty cool. Across multiple Celtic societies, we see them as an upper-level class of souls, men mostly in some places, but in Ireland there's evidence of women druids who are religious, legal, medical, and political experts who advise their tribes in all their dealings. They're kind of a big deal, but they're so much more than Julius Caesar would have us to believe. The big problem is that they so rarely speak for themselves. What we do get of the druids is often secondhand through Christian, Greek, and Roman sources, but we can learn quite a bit from them. Sadly, I won't be going into the deeper mysteries of Druidism, since this isn't about the Dagda, but I am going to be go doing a bit of background stuff here. I personally consider their inner workings as something between an academic institution, college, whatever you want to call it, and a mystery religion, but I wouldn't go so far as the territory of, say, Sky TV's Britannia. Those Druids look and act a lot more like a cabal of necromancers from D&D. Anyway, on with the show. Previously, on Godacy. Summoned by the fairies of Tirnanog, Lu has discovered that, through some means, his foster mother Taltu has given over Ireland to the fair folk once the Fomorian threat has been extinguished. Enraged, Lu asked for one year's time, during which he plans to make things right, for an Ireland that belongs to the she will be one where the living are subjugated to the cruelties of the fairies. Given this, he returns to the land of the living, where weeks and months have passed and war is on the horizon. Welcome to Godacy, Episode 19, The Grove of the Druids. They let the fire die, with only the stars above them to illuminate. Even in the pale light of the stars, the autumn sky, almost free of clouds, he could still see the dagged's grin. They sat in the sacred grove at Tara, the sea of oak trees around them giving a break into a central clearing, at the center of which was the largest oak on the isle, Lou had been told. The sky above them spiraled, a sea of white and blue against a black and purple backdrop of clouds, the stars moving against the crescent moon. Soft winds blew around them, the grass almost pleasant despite the nighttime chill. The low fire sat at the base of the tree in a hole barely two feet deep, surrounded by rocks. The Dagda was meticulous, and Lou well-trained. Silence had been between them for a long time. Part of their druidic training, Lou assumed, but he didn't ask questions for fear of elaborately long answers. It was the third day of their training, and Lou's initiation was coming soon. He could feel it. He would be a druid of the Tuatha Danann, in addition to his title of Olav. This was his lone deficiency, he had thought. The Dagda had implied differently. While he had only spent hours in the misty otherworld of the Shi, months had passed. Summer was over and harvest collected, and soon the end of the year would come. At month's end was Samhain, which would lead them to the dead part of the year, where Ireland would be covered in snow. The temperature had scarcely changed, one of the many corruptions of the year the Calic had told him about. So long as the Fomorians touched Irish soil, winter and ash would be the fate of the land. Indeed, the harvest this year was meager, barely enough to feed the Tuatha Danann. This was the norm, he had discovered, for indeed, this was larger than previous crops. Meager wheat and deformed turnips going to be all that would keep them going through the winter. That they had handed out over half of this in previous years to the Fomorians when Brez was king was disgusting to him. If he could, he would torture Brez before the court as a show. What do you plan on doing with that anger, boy? 
The doctor's voice was soft, yet the giant always seemed to boom. How had he known what Lou was thinking? The look on your face, Lou. Your thoughts are your own. I merely inferred. You have a lot on your mind. You've plenty to think about, too. Lou sighed, replying. What else am I supposed to do with the anger but use it? Anger on the battlefield is a fine thing, but you can lose yourself in it. I have seen many fine warriors in my day lose themselves to rage. Riastrad, we call it. A kind of blood frenzy. Not unlike your spear, I'd say. He nodded past Lou to where the spear of a Saul stood against the tree, Fragarak, beside it. Lou was glad to have both weapons back, but the sword reminded him of his debt with Menanen McLear and Tatirnanog. I'm still learning how to control the spear, but I can control myself. I just wish Nawada would send me to the front lines. The Dagda chuckled. In a hurry as ever. You've been in such a rush since you've returned. We still have months until the final battle. Madeir and Angus are handling the border skirmishes. You needn't worry. I'm not worried. I merely need to taste battle before I face the final one. It will help me with the final plan. A big responsibility, I admit, said the Dagda. But there are other things to work on. If you spend your entire life focused on battle, how will you act when the battles are over? Since you've returned from Tirnanog, you've done nothing but fight and quarrel. Is that how the Tuatha Dinan are to be after we defeat the Fomorians? Lou did not answer. And then there's the matter of casualties. Victorious though we may be, there is no way to guarantee we will do so without deaths. Nuada, Brigid, myself. What will become of our people if you are the lone remaining leader? Even a fraction of our forces surviving is good, but we will need solid leadership if we are to move forward. He was right. Lou knew that. Lou knew of everyone. He was the one that was the least likely to be found among the dead. The question was who else was vulnerable and how they should go ahead. How should they protect them? But Lou knew that. He knew all of that. The Dagda knew that. Why were they here talking about this? Lou was cold. He didn't want to be here retreading ground he'd touched several times in the last week. So why are we studying the stars? I already know the constellations. I already know the stories. Sometimes it's nice just to sit and look at the stars, isn't it? The Dagda turned to look at him, his eyes seeming to have a bit of the sky's sparkles in them. You brought me here to relax? The Dagda laughed, looking away. If you must talk business, let us talk. I need you to relax. You've been on edge since your return, and that was a week ago. You are getting short with Nuada, with Ogma. Your fighting is getting cruel to the point where sparring battles resemble an actual fight, and you may kill one of our own. You have a vengeance streak. But this anger is misplaced. What troubles you? Lu had not told them, had not told anyone, about Taltu's deal with the Andana Shi, about his further deal. If there was anyone he could tell, it would be the Dagda. The Fomorians are the least of our problems. Chaltu has made a deal with Tirnanog to hand the land over to the fairies once the Fomorians are dealt with, and my father signed off on it. We are bound by this agreement, even though my father didn't understand what he was doing at the time. The Dagda's understanding face was nowhere to be seen. He was more horrified. As if they didn't have enough already. Why? Why would you do such a thing? Lou shrugged. Something about the Sovereign Queens being separated and the need to reunite them? This seemed to trouble the Dagda, sending him into silence. Lou did not bring him back from it. A lot of it did not make sense to Lou. 
the living and the dead part of the she that they were ancestors at all the previous generations that part made sense at least he thought but why did some live in the hills why did some older powers exist as if like a well to draw power from while the majority of them lived in Tirnanog? what made up the exceptions how were they summoned his father would know his foster mother would know where is she talchu the doctor shook his head I don't keep up with her. She wanders the lands, performing some kind of magic, presumably preparing the land for habitation. I had not realized she was a traitor in our midst. I wonder if she was summoning back the dead Fearbolg? Lou shook his head. I don't think so. She has no love for their traditions and ways. She belongs to the Sovereign Queens. This seemed to confuse the Dagda further. Why do the Sovereign Queens need to be together, I wonder? The Morrigan, Anya, the Kalik... Are these not enough? I spoke to them at this meeting when I was summoned away. Anya, the Kalik, the Morgan was there too, but did not speak. They said Chalchu and Bridget would also be sovereign queens in time, but the ones they wanted to connect with were the older generations before the Fearbulk. Eryu and the like, I did not understand much of it. The Dagda seemed to be getting it from the nods he made. I see. Well, then I need to reveal my true reason for bringing you out here. Initiation to Druidry is more of a say-so type of thing. The rituals can be done at any gathering of Druids at any time, though certain ones are better than not. You miss the harvest in the equinox, and doing so at Samhain would be an ill omen. Perhaps the winter solstice would be better, and you will be marked among our kind as an initiate, awaiting the rituals until then. Perhaps now is best. Before that, I have other things I need you to do. Lou adjusted his seating, now facing the Dagda. The tension was growing, he could feel it. A druid is an advisor before all things, and you, as Olav Erin, already do this, but I will not be returning to court for some time, not before Samhain at least. I need you to take over as Nuwada's advisor. Lou didn't understand. Why? Where are you going? You know I am married to Bowen, whom I love beyond all things, but I am married to Minnie as well. I am the most fertile of gods, and my fertility is told through my many marriages, such as they are, less in fidelity as in power. My first wife, the wife I took when I brought our people here, was the Morrigan. I am married to the Phantom Queen, the three-in-one, and I alone can get prophecy from her, but at a great price. Think of it as a game, a hunt. I must go out, find her, in whatever form she takes, and play her game. Ultimately, it will take much for me. Despite my fertility, I am immortal. Yet I am no youth. He laughed at this, but Lou saw wisdom in it. The gray in his temples, around his beard. Nuwada has tasked me with speaking to her, getting from her a prophecy. I will determine the best strategy, and you will put it to effect with Ogma. In essence, I am asking her how many casualties we will have, and we are planning our line around that. Indeed, my son Dian Set is looking for ways to heal using the magic of the land. Perhaps you can help your grandfather with that? Lou would do what he could, though admittedly Dian Set was unapproachably angry of late. Now he knew why. Stress. Like what Lou was feeling. So, be at the court. Spend time there. Give your wisdom to all who seek it. Train the youth in arms, both boys and girls, for this battle is for the very soul of our people. We may yet win, but if we are not prepared, we cannot rule, and we will not be ripe for the picking for another generation of invaders. Learn what you can from the other druids. 
from Brigid most of all. He had scarcely seen the queen. They passed into silence before the Dagda rose. Now, let us initiate you here. The fire grew and Lou stood up, as much for surprise as anything. Lou of the Long Arm, son of Kian, half-Fomorian, child of three foster parents. You stand in the sacred grove of druids here at Tara. The trees, the stars, and the sacred hill all witness you, contribute to your glory and you to their own, with your fascination and reverence. Wisdom is within you, despite your many flaws. Will you take the sacred wisdom of druidry? Will you wear the white? The doctor reached into his pocket, his stomach hanging over his belt and jiggling like jelly. He struggled in finding what he sought, but soon his massive hand returned. Holding a goblet, a white cloak, and a piece of wood that in his hand appeared as a twig, but to Lou was a full staff. The giant set the cloak on the staff and put the staff beside one of the trees of the grove, and dipped the goblet into his cauldron returning with glistening reflective water, where which the stars seemed to swirl. I will, replied Lou. I submit myself humbly to the order of druids, that I may learn and give my wisdom to those who will partake of it, and those foolish enough to deny it. The giant chuckled at that and handed the goblet to Lou. It was metal, made of bronze and other ores Lou did not recognize, and was masterfully crafted with green gems on the outside. His uncle Gavita must have made it, though the gems were too fine even for him. He drank. Drink this, and know that you are part of the larger whole. The goings-on of the world are interconnected, and nothing exists alone. The lapping of the waves in the north is not without consequence in the south, as we druids study the signs in nature as much as in people. Indeed, people and nature are not separated, and we are one with the land. He paused. Perhaps that's what Taltu is getting at. Lou merely held the goblet, impressed by the clarity of the water. What have you to contribute, Lou, son of Kian, of the long arm and of many skills? Did he not just say so? A quick mind that learns skills, a strategic understanding of how people relate to one another. The power of fate is on my side, a strong sword arm, and loyalty to my people above all things, he sighed. But clearly there's much I need to learn. The Dagda laughed. And humility is one you are already learning. Then we welcome you, Lulamvada, into our circle, that you may sit down roots like an oak tree and grow large, tall, and leave much for future generations. Of that there can be no doubt. I name you Druid. He took the staff and cloak and handed both to Lou. Lou donned the cloak and took the staff, standing there. It was a little large for him. Hmm. Could use with some sewing, but... Let another do that. For now, sleep in your own bed tonight, Lou. I begin my hunt this eve. The Dagda smiled, and taking his cauldron, his staff, and his lyre, and putting them on his belt, he adjusted, pulling his stomach up and over it, then pulled up his pants for fear of them falling down. Lou looked away. The Morrigan is harsh, Lou, but she is not evil. Understand that. When I return, I will be less than myself. It may take days or weeks after Samhain for my return, so do not be troubled. Look for ravens. If they come to you, know that she is with us and the prophecy is mine to give to Nawada. We will likely need to recruit the three members of the Morrigan separately. You will be best suited for that, for you are swift. Indeed, the Fearbulk fight with us, 
But what of Nyet and Nemed in the west? The old god of war and his warrior wife will be useful. I cannot ask Nemed when she is the Morrigan. You must ask her as an individual. It would be simpler if you could, but I shall, with Nawada's approval. There's much to do. The Dagda smiled. Indeed, and you can do it all. Druid, Olaverin, I suspect you know a bit of your future if you met with Anya. She is often more subtle than we give her credit for. Now, other task I put before you. Learn Ogum. Master it. Train the youth in mind and body. Console Bridget. She will need you, Lou. Her hand in the final battle shall be great, and I fear for her, especially if she is to be a sovereign queen of Ireland. He could not disagree with that. I go now, Lou. Prepare our people. We only get one chance at this, and preparation is key. A good druid knows that. With that, he turned and began to stride long strides out of the druidic grove, humming as he went, well off into the distant dark. The fire beside Lou died, and he was left alone, the stars his only companion. He remained there for a time, unable to think of his bed. There was so much that needed to be done. Goddessy is written, researched, and produced by Greg Wright. Additional writing and editing by Sidney Yeager, a druid with more than a few tricks up her sleeves. Music is always provided by the amazing Scott Buckley, whose Creative Commons works are available at www.scottbuckley.com.au. That's Australia. If you want to follow us on social media and try to join my druid gang, please do so and loudly. We post most actively on Mondays, and all sorts of goodies are there. Say hi, and I promise I won't sacrifice you to my heathen non-Roman gods. Not on Monday, anyway. If you'd like to support the show, please check us out on Patreon. We have early access episodes, behind-the-scenes info, and also my undying gratitude, including after I become Andana Shi. Goddessy releases new episodes every Monday. See you then.